Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Automation. I'm Annalisa Camarillo, the Chief Customer Advocate and Head of Marketing for Avo Automation and your trusty podcast host for today. We've got another great topic for you. We'll be talking about the top considerations for test automation success. And out of all of the questions that we could have considered, we believe we've got the three that will get you halfway to success uh, and probably more than that. We are so happy to welcome Aviram Shatten. Um, he is the Chief Innovation Officer at Qualitest, and he is my companion and partner in this conversation today, and we're so happy to have him. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, Annalisa. Yeah, and so let's, let's unpack uh, the various topics, the specific concerns that people have, and these have come up a lot for us as well as we've talked to customers, one of the top questions that we get is, gee, what do we automate first? Um, and, and this is in the context of test automation. As you can imagine, um, software tests, it could be software testing, it could be portions of the software testing process. Um, and with all of the new things that have happened and have changed, let's just take agile development, right? Um, let's just take the reorganization of the application development team. Let's just take now there's the advent of quality engineering that looks at the software development lifecycle sort of end to end. With all of those things at play, how do teams figure out what to automate first? I do, I do believe that this is the right question um, to ask. Uh, in order to, to decide on what uh, we need to, to look at how we're doing things. Um, so traditionally, we, well, not traditionally, but in most cases, we already have something in place. And I'm not talking about the test automation. I'm talking about some sort of a app, app in production. It is already working. And now we want to, to increase the level of automation. Now, when it comes to regression testing, I think we need to be extremely smart. And we will cover that later on in the presentation. Basically, we will be discussing the role of AI in testing. But basically, we need to make sure that we are targeting our testing on the most valuable tests, those tests that bring the most insight to us. Um, um, we are notoriously, all of us, are notoriously bad in consuming insights on the back of thousands and thousands of test automation and manual testing execution. We sometimes fail to see that a test case was executed 90 times and 89 times it never failed. What, does, what kind of confidence does this test give me if it passed? We are also notoriously bad in realizing that if that test cases are failing over time and not for the right reason. The right reason is yeah. a software defect. All other reason for a test case to fail is a wrong reason. They are valid, don't get me wrong. We, we need to accept that those will happen and we need to act on them. Yeah. But if it's not a software issue, then it's meaningless. It just created excessive noise. So we need to make sure we're automating test cases that will add the most value to us yeah. If and in a stable way, meaning their test, the test will be executed and the result is meaningful to me. If it right. passed, I'm good. If it failed, not so much. I need to do something. Um, and there are ways to do that. And we will discuss that. The second thing, which is very difficult to achieve 
is basically a concept called the day one automation. Okay. Now you mentioned you 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 did a, a very good job in setting the scene. Today, in the agile team or in the pod or the scrum team, whatever you want to call it, there should be good facilitation of collaboration between the stakeholder that handles testing to the stakeholder or stakeholders that handles the software development. Having the right kind of collaboration, the right kind of engagement between the two of them can enable us to do automation from the ground up in a very quick turnaround time, but also have automation introduced as part of the feature. Yeah. It goes to API automation. It goes to almost UI level automation. Facilitating the two through collaboration and through mm -hmm. prioritizing that high up the ladder of the developer tasks will enable us to do automation from day one. Now, later on, if we are smart, if we have the right visibility into the test results, over time we will decommission some of the tests because we will have overlap. Yeah. We'll automate first, and then over time we will reduce the amount of test cases because maintenance is going to be a pain right. in the neck. But choosing your backlog automation, uh, regression testing carefully, the ones that we have the most inside that will add value, not just a stable regression test, because stable regression tests mean we find nothing, just like ISTQB tells us, we will probably have a system that developed community to the, the tests, but not really in, in, in better shape. And you mentioned it's, something that was interesting that I, I want you to just, you know, just kind of talk a little bit more about, and that's you should pick the tests that provide the most insight um, making so if we're going to choose what to automate first, and we're going to automate starting with day one, what why in what kind of data are we collecting? So if 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 there are certain test cases, certain types of software, if it's a certain type of business process, I should say, uh, which processes are those? I mean, in your experience, right, with the clients that you've talked to, which business processes are the ones that you would recommend? be the first that they start with. If you're gonna test software that covers, obviously, I mean, to the company, what they're worried about is the process. Uh, and there's obviously multiple touch points for an application. Let's just take whether it's SAP or it's Oracle or something else. How would you describe the most important thing to automate from that perspective? I, I actually think I'm, I'm going to take a step back. I don't have a, a silver bullet, but what I can yeah. say is that if, if you will accept or anyone will accept that having a right kind of visibility into the tests, making yeah. sure we are only automating unique tests and we have very little overlap between right. test levels, right? In the scrum level and then on the staging and then on the system level, et cetera. If yeah. we will be able to have an effective test case, test cases that are unique, and uh, with little overlap, any automation we will add is probably important. Okay. The question of execution will be determined by the business criticality of the business process. And that's, you nailed it, right? Got it. The, the, the art is in determining which test case is unique uh, yeah. and how to reduce the overlap. So test execution effort, data consumption, environment consumption, the cloud bills, that we are expecting yeah. to have on the back of robust automation can be very steep unless right. we will manage ourselves properly. Got it. And that's actually a really good segue into risk. Um, so I think risk plays a role when 
teams are deciding where to apply software test automation, right? So, and what we, you know, what I've commonly heard is if it is a critic, a business critical process or business critical applications, I should say, those are the ones that are, are usually put to last if we're going to automate it because there's so much risk involved, let's let's not do that one first. Let's start with uh, more you know lower level use cases. Let's start with non you know little less complex processes uh, with less touch points. If 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 so that this way we can minimize the risk of something going wrong or um, of something being you know it could be disrupted, right? If there's a step in the process or whatever that may be. Whereas I'm of the perspective that when it comes to software testing, number one, you want to, you want to test it as, as comprehensively as possible because you don't want anything, any, you know, type of functionality to slip through the cracks. You want to be able to test it as comprehensively as possible because at the end of the day, it's a customer who you want that software to run for smoothly, whether that be a consumer or it be an internal person who is participating in a process that is supported by something like SAP or something else, right? And, and in that case, the business process to them could be procure to pay, right? Or the business process for them could be an HR process of onboarding or something else, right? But when it comes to risk, how, how is it, how should our audience consider risk when they're deciding what to automate? What application software testing to automate? How, how do you, in what, you know, in the, how do you, what is your perspective on that? So uh, my perspective is a little bit complex. Um, if you look at risk, risk doesn't necessarily start at the business process. Risk start, the risk coverage starts with the quality process we have as an organization. Yeah. You can say that this is a highly uh, critical business process and we have to test it. So let's do what? UI level automation? I will say it's not enough. Even if you have 100% coverage okay. in terms of UI level automation, I would urge us to implement best practices in terms of unit test, integration test, and then in the end, sprinkle some love in terms of uh, UI level automation. And then once we have the confidence that people are disciplined, they test themselves. A developer will not launch code unless it's unit tested. And we have API level or interface or microservices testing done thoroughly. Then we can ask ourselves, okay, how much do I need to automate? And when you have that confidence that all the team is disciplined, if you're going to three automation tests, or five or seven to cover specific uh, functionality, that's easy. Deploy the right process will reduce significantly the amount of work you need to do to sleep well at night, which is basically yeah. risk management. Right, right, good point. Uh, and the other one that you made is that if you want to reduce risk, it starts at the top of the company when you're looking at quality across the business because a process is doesn't you know is isn't managed entirely out of IT a process for the company touches all aspects of that company and so quality and automation 
uh, I agree with you, has to start from the top. It's a conversation for the CEO. It is a conversation for the chief operations officer, for the chief innovation officer, right? Uh, to look at something holistically and determine from a people standpoint, from a process standpoint, from whichever automation solution makes sense, what is the best thing for the business? And then the second thing that you said, which is important, is prioritizing where to start. Um, and prioritization shouldn't necessarily be based on what's easiest. Um, it, it actually should be based on what is costing the business the most. In some cases, cost isn't always the, the number one criteria. But the second one is where, where is the most pain? And pain could be um, characterized as our customers are not as happy because of issues that we're having. What is behind that? Or it could be a, a process where you know, quality is not, is not being achieved. It, maybe it's that process that they should, be, they should be looking at. And that's one way of sort of prioritizing. What, what's your perspective on that? How do they prioritize where to start? If this is a conversation at the C-suite, what is, how, how do they have that, that conversation about where to start with automation? Um, I, I think this is an extremely broad topic, and I think uh, I, I, everything you said uh, certainly resonates with me. When it comes to automation, I don't think it's a, it's a question anymore, because think yeah. about a, a, an agile process with no test automation. It's, it's, it's an empty shell. So yeah. it's, it, the, the consensus is there. I, I'm just not sure that uh, uh, when I face our customers, there, there, there is a people in the middle that got it right, but there are people on one hand that says everything should be automated. And if everything automated, then I don't need develop testers, just automatically by developers. And on the other end, there are people who just don't get it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So where to start is find yourself in the middle, understand that quality takes a leap jump with test automation. It needs to be adopted across the board. As you said, everyone needs to buy into the idea. If you send something to production and you don't know what the quality of it, what kind of CEO, CIO, COO, whatever C uh, you are, you have to know that it's working. You have to know what risks are you assuming by releasing something. We always compromise on something. We don't have all the time and all the money in the world to make something perfect. Right. So quality starts there. Understanding what, what, kind of, what is acceptable risk and what is it the bare minimum of things we need to do. We also spoke about being in the middle, understanding that automation will not cover everything and there has to be a fine balance between the exploratory testing, the uh, uh, user experience testing, those top-notch manual tasks that we still need to do uh, by the subject matter experts and uh, automation. How to prioritize automation? I think we covered well. Implement the pyramid. Don't just settle for the tester will do my UI test. Insist on discipline of unit test. Insist on um, API level microservices integration tests, and then at the top at the UI level. Now I want to give one more uh, uh, thing to think about. We developed over the two in the last two years. We uh, were able to introduce the concept of shift-left application security, mm -hmm. and it was much more simple than I ever imagined. That I had this perception. 
that security testing is so, uh, it's like a black box. You give it to a pen tester and it will give it to you tested and it will find all the bad vulnerabilities you have in your code. In reality, if you take, if you are staying tuned to the market dynamics, the, to the top vulnerabilities uh, that are identified in the web and the mobile and the wearables, IoT, if you just stay close to the industry, you can basically identify a suite of basic tests that you can automate that looks and looks, walk and talk like a functional automation, but in reality, they give you good coverage in terms of security testing. What you do by having them, what you achieve by having those is you basically enhance your test suite by a handful of tests that potentially have a certain degree of overlap, but in reality, you make pen testing and you make uh, a automated pen testing a rubber stamp rather yeah. than a process that we are all chewing our nails on. So right. looking at NFRs, non-functional requirements, and see if you can embed them into, into the, your automation uh, process, that would be a quick win. And I would, and I would certainly prioritize a security test over a mid-level functional, a mid-level uh, severity or a priority functional test. Okay. So in your pyramid, because you spoke of the pyramid and that really, that caught my attention and I'm sure the audience is probably also wondering what this pyramid is you said UI testing. What are the, the two other points of that pyramid? Sure, uh, I need to, to basically give it out to Google. That's not my pyramid, it's theirs. Um, so the, the pyramid is very simple. The reason it's, it's pyramid because it also speaks to the amounts, okay? The bottom of the pyramid that have the, the biggest amount of tests would be the unit yeah. test, okay? They are the quickest and they come in, in massive number. So unit tests are in the bottom. In the middle of the pyramid, you have API and integration tests. They are still faster to execute than UI. They are certainly easier to execute because you don't need the UI, but they give you a very good coverage. They don't give you the UI coverage, but they give you broader uh, uh, scenario. You can basically test everything using API, whatever message you want to send and receive, integration tests, etc. At the top of the pyramid, you will find the UI tests. Why at the top of the pyramid? First of all, there are fewer in number, but you can allow that, or you can afford to have a fewer number of UI tests because you gain confidence. If you know your, your developers are accountable because they did their unit test and they will never okay. release something that is not working. And then you did your API and integration test. You have confidence in your, in your product, so you can basically brush it off with the right kind of UI coverage in terms of automation. Over time, that pyramid will be too big and we will have to go back to the basic and prioritize, consume the insights, which test cases actually added value, which test cases actually found defects. And this is where I think it's a good segue maybe to the topic of AI. Realistic AI uses what we have and realistic AI uses the data we have. And if we leverage uh, AI in a responsible and in a way that will build confidence, we can gain that insight. We can predict which test cases will fail because we have everything. We have the data. We know what happened in the past and we know what's going to happen in the future because we have the release notes. We have like the continuous that. integration logs. And this is something very achievable 
but also very realistic. It's not a self-healing automation that gives you solution to everything that you might have as a, for your automation needs. No, it leverages your data. It tells you where to focus on. And we are starting to shift the way we think from coverage hunting yeah. or for sick coverage, we are looking for failure. We're looking for something to fail. And once we balance the business risk with the probability of a test case to fail, then we're at the optimum point of efficiency. Yeah, I like that. And I, I like how you transition to AI as well. Um, and some call it intelligent test automation, right? Um, but, but the way that AI works in software testing, help me understand how AI works in software testing. So my understanding of AI, the difference between AI and robotic process automation uh, for something, right? Is that AI can actually interpret the data of what, uh, which could be the analysis of that test that you're running, whether it be a UI test, an API test or a unit test. What is the role of AI? in test automation? What kind of work does it do that helps improve uh, your testing ability? Or your, more importantly, the end game, which is software quality. Yeah, I like it. That's the, that's the objective. We need to look what we're trying to achieve, not just to toy around with fancy and shiny object. Uh, I love how you close exactly. that. Exactly. I, I, want, I want to say something about regarding robotic process automation. Uh, in hindsight, and now being many years smarter, Robotic process automation is a lower form of test automation. Think about this. When you are a test automation specialist and you need to assure to some big wig that this is working, you need to think about so many permutations to test the positives and the negatives and the impossible just to make sure this, this, this thing actually works. When we're speaking about robotic process automation, we're talking about taking a simple business process that account uh, that accounts are doing or finance management is doing or procurement is doing. And instead of having one person, you know, looking at the invoice and typing the sum into the, the, the SAP, we're doing this automatically. We're taking whatever form of uh, invoice and we have a computer to, to take the invoice, scan it, understand what is the date, understand what is the price to pay with, with that and without that. And, sends it into the, into the CRM or the ERP. That is more straightforward or better straightforward than implement a robust test automation framework. So yes, there is a degree of complexity because we might come across different types of invoices, but that's where it stops or different, different types of input uh, data. But this is where it stops. Test automation is the highest format uh, today in testing and in automation and robotics. It's complex. Be a good tester and have the confidence that you cover that well. Really, kudos to you if you were able to achieve that. AI was a big thing three years ago. Everyone used it. We have AI-powered automation. When the bluff was called, I'm sorry to, to throw some under the bus, but, but when the bluff was called, this is not AI, they switched the letters from mm. AI to IA, intelligent automation. <laughs> Think about this. It's basically a, a, a reincarnation of model-based testing. Th mm. Those tools were inventing more of the same. 
Now, these days, or today, this year, you start to see real AI getting introduced into test automation. But again, baby steps, mm-hmm. maybe maybe a little bit of a toll, maybe, but still, mm-hmm. baby steps. You see automatic healing concepts being introduced and the ability to read the screen and, and develop a test case for that screen that is presented. Right. And the, the, the automation tool can understand, okay, this is a date field. This is a, a, an open text. This is a person that is presented on the screen. Those are baby steps in terms of automation. Currently, machine learning as it stands is very powerful in terms of understanding what we already did. So you can see very powerful solutions today to predict failures, to identify inefficiencies, redundancies, um, duplications that we can optimize on. You can also use in a responsible way. Responsible way doesn't mean you're going to hurt the company or you're going to hurt someone. It means, responsible way means you're very likely to be successful. You can use AI today to optimize your data, make sure you don't have duplicated defects, make sure that the defect, if defect is presented again, you automatically called out, even if they don't, they are not exact, but they are similar. AI can tell you, look, the test, a defect that you found three months ago reappeared. What are you going to do with that? So there are very good solutions nowadays that leverage machine learning. Um, And in the next year, we will start to see more and more AI helping us to to really do test automation in a more sustainable, easier way. Completely agree. Um, And I, I, I would encourage people, and it sounds like you would do the same, to embrace it. Um... You know, and so now, of course, the question that might be popping into people's minds is I'm thinking about what I should automate first, basic test automation. At the same time, I have all the power of AI and all the types of things that are introduced with machine learning and um, being able to get really sophisticated, right, with test automation. How would you how would you recommend that they consider the two Um, and I like to say it depends. It depends on the use case. So, so you could in one in IT environment, in one business, you could have a little bit of RPA, you could have a little bit of AI, and you could have basic test automation or whatever that may be. It's some mix of things according to the process and it kind of goes back to the priorities. But in your perspective, how would you recommend that they go about considering all these different types of solutions and really sophisticated technology? I would say consider the size of your project. That would be my first parameter because that also kind of, that gives you an indication of how much money you've got, right? In the, right. the end of the day, it's a, it's, a, it's a bandwidth and constraints around the resources. So if it's a big project, I would say do both. If you take my word for it and I urge you not to, do your research, okay? This is my opinion, a very subjective one. But do your research. You will find out that you can reduce probably 40% of the amount of work you do manually right now using AI. Now, everything that you do manually, you seek to do it automatically, but you're not always successful. So let's assume that you can do 30% of everything you do manually, you can do automatically, okay? Because some of it cannot be done. Not just test execution. Test automation is usually test execution. So there is only the the handful of things we can do automatically. Let's say 30%, okay? AI can take from the remaining tasks up to 
So evaluate what is it you're trying to achieve and then optimize what you do manually. So your starting point when you, when you want to automate would be the least cumbersome. Have yeah. the fewest test cases, have the fewest uh, executions. So automation will be easy to ramp up and it will be useful. Useful meaning if a test case has failed, alarm bells go up, not, oh, we, we went up from 20% failures to 22% failures. This tells absolutely nothing to no one. That would be my recommendation. But the most important thing is formulate your opinion through research, yeah. meet people, join webinars, ask for demos, see for yourself. Yeah, that's perfect. And I, and I would agree. And this is another reason why I love these conversations um, because they help people understand, they unpack, sort of unravel big topics that are, that could be confusing, right? That could be intimidating. Um, and at the same time, they teach somebody, hopefully something new, right? And with that said, I just want to say thank you to you, Avram, um, for thank joining you. this conversation. I think it was fantastic. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for attending. And as I said, we hope you learned something new. And with that, it's a wrap.